Good morning, church, and welcome to Wilshire today. We are glad to have you with us. I'm glad there's just anybody here today. It's a holiday weekend. The virus is being all cranky and everything. So I wasn't sure if there'd be anybody except Ike Wilson and myself. I knew Ike would be here. I was with him yesterday. So it's really good to see you, especially if you're online. We're glad to have you today. Uh, that includes my family. Uh, kids have kind of sore throat, snotty nose sort of thing. And in this environment, you know, if you cough or blow your nose, everyone kind of looks at you funny. So they're at home, probably seeing if mute works on dad during the sermon today. But uh, glad that you're watching if you're online and glad to have you here. Uh, David, thank you for reading scripture today, and thank you for the clarification. <laughs> it brought back an interesting memory in my life that was also triggered by today, and last week, by the way, Barry and Lisa Herring are here. Barry and Lisa are sitting back there. Lisa's now mad at me for pointing her out, uh, and their children. They, they have a daughter at OCU Law, but that family is very special to us because uh, we worshipped in Chandler for four years. Barry and Lisa were there. Bailey and Neely were little kids being carried in the church then. But Lisa's grandfather was an elder at the Chandler church where we worshipped. And Delane and I were dating when we went to Chandler, when we first started going to Chandler. And an elder of the church, David, when an elder of a church is after you about this, you got to pay very careful attention. But her grandfather, Jack McLean, used to always send me advertisements for engagement rings. <laughs> kind of dropping a hint, you know, that when are you going to do this? And he would show up at church and he would sing, ring out, I don't know. <laughs> and eventually I got the hint and, and it's worked out well. So be careful, David, just proceed with caution. But when an elder says things like that, you got to pay attention. <laughs> so Ethan teed up the sermon perfectly today with the song we just sang, Hilltops of Glory, because as you begin the book of Deuteronomy, that's what we're looking at. And Jim started this series a few weeks ago going through Deuteronomy, and I love the way the book of Deuteronomy is set up. They are standing at Kadesh Barnea, looking at this land that God has promised them. They can see from where they're at the hilltops of glory. And Moses, if you've been reading along through the Pentateuch and the way this story unfolds, Moses knows he can't go in the land with them. God's already told him, you can't go. They've already appointed a successor in Joshua. So there Moses stands as the children of Israel prepare to go into the promised land. And so what we're doing in our series through Deuteronomy is just pointing out a few things that Moses has on his heart to pass on to the children of Israel before his time is up. And as they prepare this new chapter in their life to cross over and to begin taking hold of the promise of God. And so Jim has walked us through some of those concerns and some of those interests that Moses has on his heart. And this morning... I want to pick another theme that seems pretty prominent throughout the book of Deuteronomy. Now, just if you have your Bible, you can read along. I want to walk you through, see if you can guess the theme that has Moses' concern, that is on Moses' heart. Now, just a few texts. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 10. 
Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, and he said to me, Assemble the people before me to hear my voice, so that they may learn to revere me as long as they live in the land, and may teach them to their children. Chapter 5 and verse 15. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Chapter 7, verse 18. Do not be afraid of them. Remember well what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all of Egypt. Chapter 8 and verse 2. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commandments. Chapter 9 and verse 7. Remember this and never forget how you aroused the anger of the Lord your God in the wilderness. From the day you left Egypt until you arrived here, you have been rebellious against the Lord. Chapter 11 and verse 2. Remember today that your children were not the ones who saw and experienced the discipline of the Lord your God, His majesty, His mighty hand, His outstretched arm. Chapter 15, verse 15. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. That is why I gave you this command today. Chapter 16 and verse 12. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and carefully follow the decrees. Chapter 28 and verse 18. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. This is why I command you to do this. Chapter 24 and verse 22. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. That is why I command you to do this. Chapter 25 and verse 17. Remember what the Amalekites did to you along the way when you came out of Egypt. Chapter 32 and verse 7, remember the days of old, consider the generations long past, ask your father and he will tell you, your elders, and they will explain to you. So we had to just pick one word, something on Moses' heart, which word would it be today? Remember. Remember. After everything they have gone through, Moses is about to die And he's about to go up the hill, up the mountain, never to speak to the children of Israel again. He knows they're going into the land. He knows all the promises God has given. And one of the last things on Moses' heart is this. Don't forget. Remember. Remember. Now, in Deuteronomy, I didn't read all of them. But in Deuteronomy, there's 15 different times that Moses calls them to remember. Why 15 times? I mean, there's a lot of other stuff in the book of Deuteronomy, and it's all very important, but, but time after time, and text after text, and chapter after chapter, it keeps coming this word, remember. And there are so many things built into the book of Deuteronomy and the structure of Israel and who they are as a people to help them remember. In, in chapter 6, you've got that wonderful teaching that when, you, when you're with your children, you talk about it all the time. When you're lying down, when you're waking up, when you're walking along the road, you wear it on your, on your clothing, don't forget. Remember. And in chapter 16, he walks them through the Passover, the festival of weeks, the festival of booths. Every week you've got the Sabbath day. Why? So you do not forget. 
Moses says, when you get into that promised land, do not forget. Because he knows we're prone to forget. He knows there are a lot of things happening in our life that cause us to forget who we are and what God has done. And so this is the text from chapter 8 that I want to focus on that David read for us this morning. Because in chapter 8 of Deuteronomy, you find out why, in part, this is so much on Moses' heart. Because he knows that when you get into the land, and when you get comfortable, you'll get complacent and you will forget. Look at this text again, chapter 8, verse 12. When you have eaten your fill and have built your fine houses and you live in them, and when your herds and your flocks are multiplied and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, do not exalt yourself forgetting the Lord your God. When you move in your nice neighborhood and get your nice houses and you get your nice herds and everything is going so well for you and you're comfortable, don't get complacent and forget how you even got here. He knows that those things cause us to forget. He also knows in chapter 8 that success makes us forget. He's got all your comforts and life is going well, but man, when life is going really well, it's easy to forget. Look at it, chapter 8 and verse 14. He tells them, Do not exalt yourself, forgetting that the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, He fed you, He took care of you. Verse 17, Don't say to yourself, My power and might of my own hand has gotten me this wealth. Don't let your success go to your head. Don't let the numbers in your bank account convince you you've done something impressive. Don't you dare get into that land and forget how you got to that land. There is not a piece of food that enters your mouth that God didn't give you. There's not... There's not an inch of success in your life that isn't there because of God. Your success can threaten your ability to remember. Moses knew it. Standing there at the promised land, he knew they could forget. He knew they would get busy. Just, it's not that you wake up wanting to forget or trying to forget. You just get busy. Moses knows when they enter the land, they're going to have things to do, places to go, people to see. And he doesn't want them to forget. He knows we're going to get overtime. We're going to be taking extra classes. We're going to have family to take care of. We're going to want some downtime because everything in life is getting busy. And it's going to be tempting that of all the things we have to slow down in life, we're going to choose worship of God. Have you ever noticed that? Everything in life is getting busy. There's so much going on in work and school and sports and everything else. And families will sometimes say, we just need a break for something. And what do they pick? So we didn't go to church. 
Moses knew that temptation. He knew that when you need to slow down in life, that the temptation is to slow down with God because all those other things we can't stop. Because I have to have my job. I have to have my career. I have to have my kids' sports so they can get a scholarship. I have to, I have to, I have to. And what's the one thing we're most tempted to walk away from? God. Moses says when you get into the land and you get successful and you get busy and you get complacent and comfortable, do not forget how you got any of this. Remember. Remember. And when you look at Israel's history, one thing becomes abundantly clear. None of what they have is of their own doing. None of it. He reminds them, he says, don't think that God chose you because you were great and mighty in power. (laughs) You're not. You're one of the smallest nations there is. And God chose you. He says, don't, don't come to yourself thinking, my power and my might has gotten me this. Verse 18 of chapter 8 again. Remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth, so that He may confirm the covenant He swore to your ancestors. You didn't do this on your own. You were slaves. You were hopeless. You were helpless. And it's tempting in life to let that happen to us, isn't it? Life gets so busy, not necessarily with bad things, but things that make us forget how we got here. And we see this sometimes at church. We we come to God with prayer requests, and Wilshire's so good about praying. We come to God and the church for help. What about when life is going well? Perhaps the greatest measure of faith is not where we turn when we are in need, but where we go when we succeed. Because all of our success is only because God made it possible. And Moses knows, standing on the border with the hilltops of glory off in the distance, he knows when they cross over the Jordan that they're going to be comfortable They're going to be successful. They're going to be busy. And so 15 times in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses begs them, remember. You see, amnesia and idolatry often go hand in hand. When you forget what God has done, when we forget what God has given us, when we forget who God truly is, then we eventually find ourselves serving someone or something else. So Moses says, remember. I don't think it's an accident that the early church kind of grew the quickest among the poor and the outcast and the needy. You know why I think that's true? Because they knew their dependence on God. They knew they had no hope without God. But sometimes when we get successful and we get comfortable, we begin thinking we don't need God. 
And Moses says, don't let it happen. Remember. There's also one other thing I want to show you on this idea or this point. And that is something built into the Jewish system that was there for this purpose. You find it back in chapter 5 and verse 15 of Deuteronomy. As Moses in Deuteronomy is recounting the giving of the law and talking about the Ten Commandments as we know it. Listen to this one. Chapter 5, beginning in verse 12, actually. Observe the Sabbath day. Keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Now listen to why. This is why the Sabbath is so important. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day is a Sabbath to honor uh, to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or your female slave, your ox, your donkey, any of your livestock or the resident alien in your towns, so that your male and female slaves may rest as well as you. Remember that you were a slave in Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Now, there's a clear connection between their past and their present when it comes to the Sabbath. Because when they were slaves in Egypt, you never got a day off. When they were slaves in Egypt, you never got to rest. And Moses says, I want you, by the command of God, every Sabbath day, which was the Saturday of the Jewish calendar, Every Sabbath day to stop working, to sit down, to take a break, to catch your breath. And there are two reasons for the Sabbath, at least two. One is because you never got a break until God delivered you. Take the break that God is offering you. And the second is because the world is not dependent on your work. You see that in the text? Because people feel the need that if I don't work, it's not going to happen. If I don't work, it's not going to get done. If I don't work, we can't, we can't, we can't. It's all dependent on me. And one day a week, God tells the people of Israel, sit down, I've got this. I don't need you to get it done. And the Sabbath day for the Jewish people was an act of faith. It came when they were collecting the manna. You remember the story of the manna? On Friday, you collect twice the manna. On Saturday, you're not going to collect any. Trust that God's going to provide, even when you're not out there gathering. That's not to be an excuse for laziness the rest of the week. But the Sabbath day was, in part, one way for God to remind them, you didn't get here on your own. And you're not going to outwork God. God is not dependent on your success, on your work ethic. Now, I know culture has changed, and I know we live under the New Testament where the Sabbath day in the book of Hebrews is painted as our day of rest in the second coming of Jesus. But brothers and sisters, I think there is a lot to be said for God's people stopping and resting. Sometimes, as one person said, the most spiritual thing you can do is to take a nap. There's a t-shirt I've seen. I want to buy this for my father-in-law. It says, Jesus took naps. Be like Jesus. I can get on board with that. 
Again, this is no excuse to be lazy the rest of the week, but it is something to say, if you are constantly running and constantly gunning and constantly, constantly working, then maybe we need to be reminded it's not because of me. And so, Moses says, remember, don't forget that it's God who brought you here. But there's a second element to this important call to remember. You see, it's, it's kind of interesting to me that Moses caused them to remember all these things. Remember you were slaves in Egypt. Remember what the Amalekites did to you. Remember how you angered the Lord. Are there some things in life you would rather not remember? I got a whole long list of things I'd just rather forget, don't you? I've made mistakes, I've said and and done dumb things. Why is it that God wants them to remember the painful parts of their past? We actually, in our country, in our culture, spend a lot of time trying to forget those things. And so we we do a a lot of things to escape our past. You ever notice, how many times you ever get in your car and don't turn on the radio? Or how many times you ever sit at home and don't turn on the TV? How many times do you ever just sit in silence? Probably not often. Our culture has built in so many things to distract our minds from just resting and thinking. Because we don't want to think about things. We don't want to remember things. One of the reasons people drink alcohol and alcoholism is a thing with some people is because they're trying desperately to forget something in their past. And yet here in the text, God says, I want you to remember that. I want you to remember slavery and what it felt like. I want you to remember what it was like to wander around in the desert I want you to remember your own sins and mistakes. I want you to remember the enemies taunting you. Why does God want us to remember the painful parts of our past? Because God wanted that to change how they treat other people. Listen to this. Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 12 through 18 talking about how you treat slaves, and slavery was part of the Hebrew culture, but not as you're thinking. It's different than the slavery of American past. But every seven years, you're supposed to release your slaves, and when you release them, you don't just send them out. You give them stuff to carry with them. You weigh them down with stuff from your flocks and stuff from your grain and stuff from your your, your, uh, your grapes, you, you give them stuff. And Moses says, because you used to be a slave. Chapter 24 and verse 17. Don't deprive the resident alien or the orphan of justice. You shall not take a widow's garment and pledge. Why? Because you used to be a slave. You remember what that was like. You remember the pain. You remember the hopelessness. And don't put anyone through that when you have the power to stop it. Chapter 24 and verse 22. When you gather grapes, don't glean what's left. It's for the alien, the orphans, and the widow. Remember that you were a slave in Egypt. 
and I'm commanding you to do this. Forgetfulness leads to arrogance, and arrogance leads to injustice. And God says, I want you to remember where you used to be and to remember what that was like. And when someone walks into your life who has that pain in their life, don't you dare forget how God brought you through that and now God calls you to bring them through that. You do not continue a cycle of injustice. You know why? Because God broke the cycle with you. Some of us have been through painful experiences in life. And God calls that pain for us to help serve and relate to people. Some of you know what it's like to be a single mother or single father. And because you know how hard that is, when someone walks into your life who's going through that, you have a special place in your heart to help serve them. God says, don't forget where you've been. Some of you have experienced the pain of divorce, and you've witnessed how God brought you through that. And so now when you meet someone in this congregation or in this community who's going through the same hell that you've been through, God says, I want you to remember what that was like. Remember that I brought you through that. And I want to use you to bring them through the same. Don't ever forget where you've been. The hurt from your past can and should be used to bring blessing in the present. And so Moses says, as they're standing there on the border of the promised land, don't forget the trek that brought us here. And don't forget how God led us to this moment. When you get to your houses and you get your big livestock collection and life is going well, don't forget who brought you here. All the events in the news recently have reminded me of something from Wilshire's past. I'm sure many of you remember just three weeks ago the horror of watching Afghanistan collapse. And in a strange and poignant moment, watching those helicopters lift off from a U.S. embassy brought back images of April 30th, 1975, when in a similar scene, American helicopters left the tops of the American embassy in Saigon. It was another painful, embarrassing moment for our country. And what some of you may not know is how that moment in history impacted ministry here at Wilshire. Some of you may remember a gentleman by the name of Bill Estep who worshipped in this church from the day it was opened until 2010 when he passed away. Bill Estep was in the Air Force and Bill served in Saigon for eight months. And when they began to realize that Saigon was going to collapse, Bill began working to get Vietnamese people out of Saigon. He did this along with another gentleman by the name of Ralph Burcham, who is still alive and 
ministers over at Memorial Road. But Ralph was very instrumental in bringing Vietnamese refugees from Vietnam to America. And in total, Ralph Bircham and others helped 300 Vietnamese refugees come to the United States. And it was the church being the church. That fall, or the beginning of that summer, Oklahoma Christian opened their dorms to house Vietnamese refugees. The fall, 25 Vietnamese students enrolled in school at Oklahoma Christian University. In July 3rd bulletin of this church, 1975, this message appeared in our bulletin. In order to assist in getting the Vietnamese families settled, there is an urgent need for furniture and other household items. In the next bulletin that came out, there will be a shower for 14 Vietnamese that Brother Bill Step is sponsoring. The shower will be an evening service July 20th. We will have fellowship with it, and everyone is invited to bring sandwiches, cookies, and drinks. These people can use anything for the home, such as furniture, bedding, linens, cooking, eating utensils, or cash. And for many years, because this church remembered our own past, our doors were open to people who were hurting and in need. And it's because of people like Bill Estep and Ralph Bircham and so many others who knew the lesson that God was teaching through Moses and through the New Testament. Don't you forget what God has done for you so that you can do the same for others. So when you get to the book of Deuteronomy and you read through the book of Joshua, the people take the land and they end up Sure enough, comfortable, successful. There's an ominous statement that pops up in chapter 2 and verse 10 of the book of Judges. And all that generation were gathered to their fathers, and there arose a generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that had been done for Israel. That's how Judges starts. And if you've sat down and read the book of Judges, you know how awful that story goes. The people lose their land, they lose their freedom, they lose their comfort. And Judges says it all started because they didn't remember. I think Moses' words in Deuteronomy are just as true And just as poignant for us today. Brothers and sisters, the only way we are even here, the only way we can take a breath, the only reason you have a job to go to tomorrow and a house to sleep in tonight and a family with you, it's not because you did this. It's not because you earned it. It's because God brought you here. And so this week, when you see someone in need and hurting, God says, now remember. Remember what I did for you. And you do the same for them. Let's pray. God, we thank you for bringing us to this point in our life, for the way you've delivered us from our own bondage of sin and slavery. 
and raised us through Christ to life and to hope. And Father, when we see others hurting and suffering around us, we pray for hearts to remember what that was like and to remember what you have done for us and what you have called us to right here and right now. Help us be a people who forever remembers your goodness, your graciousness, and your kindness to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we invite you to the invitation of Jesus Christ this morning. We've celebrated communion, which is one of the ways God calls his church to remember the story of what he's done for us through Jesus Christ. And if you want to become a child of God this morning, we invite you to take that step to put Jesus on in baptism, to be raised out of your own slavery, to walk in newness of life, and to be part of the good works of God to help deliver other people from the slavery of sin and hopelessness. If we can help you do that this morning, we invite you to come while we stand and sing together.